Come, King of Kings, be in the midst of us in the preaching of your word, that you might be glorified. Amen. We have seen the triumphant entry of Jesus into the city of Jerusalem and have been invited, forced even, to enter into and observe this last week of Jesus' life that we call holy. And as this drama unfolds, we cannot help but be affected by what we see. Indeed, Luke writes, And all the multitudes who assembled to see the sight, when they saw what had taken place, returned home beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance and saw these things. To beat your breast in the ancient Near East meant that you had great concern over what you had just seen. And everyone, everyone who saw this beat upon their breast. What do you see when you look upon this sight? The mockery, the trial, the suffering, the death. Why do you beat your breast? Do you, like some, show concern in the moment, but upon returning home forget the events of that day? Maybe you will think of the tragedy that this innocent man Jesus had died. What a pity. You may acknowledge, like those of the scriptures who felt the earth move, saw the sky darken, and heard the veil torn, that God was not happy about what had happened. These signs of judgment cause you to pause. But only every once in a while, when it comes up in conversation or when you, in church, when you are in church, do you think upon this week? You might think of it a little more than that. You might think Jesus was certainly more than a teacher, maybe even a prophet. Maybe he is who he said he was, the Son of God. You might feel the strong pull of God on your life to trust in him, but still you say no. Today you, have, you may have heard these readings and thought, how unjust. And a sense of righteous indignation welled up within you that Jesus underwent such mockery and judgment and finally death at the hands of such corruption. And there yet is another type of observer. One who has come to see this Holy Week to scoff and yet returns home to pray. We hear of the good thief who cries out for mercy and Jesus promises him paradise. On that very day he would be with him. We hear in Mark's accounting of this story, the centurion say, truly this man was the son of God. The centurion himself knew that he was responsible for the death of Jesus. Literally. But aren't we all? What the Christian observes and realizes, and I pray you see today, is that you are not simply an observer of these events, but you are a central player in this Holy Week. When we look upon the cross, we're called to look beyond the sufferings of an innocent man and see upon the tree the atoning sacrifice of Jesus. 
Anything less than this. And we look upon the cross in vain. In dying for you and for me, the cross has shown us that God's love is not vague. Some abstract concept that the world talks about. But it's specific. He loves you. You are the object of Jesus' attention as He carries the cross and dies. And when our eyes are open to this, everything changes. You cannot look upon the cross in the same way again when you learn what Jesus has done for you. In the early 1840s, a great revival broke out in Beaufort, South Carolina. And there are many written accounts of what went on during that time. But one of the best is from a man by the name of William Boone. Uh, And he writes this about his experience in the midst of this great revival. I had the honor to be invited to attend the Whist Card Playing Club, an exclusive group of young professional men who met once a week for no other purpose that I could see but to have a good time. This was attempted by playing cards and drinking a good deal of brandy. One morning at church service, Mr. Walker, the rector of St. Helena's at the time, announced that a series of evangelistic meetings was to be held and urged the congregation to attend. I had no intention of going to any such meeting. I had no understanding then of what I now know, that God moves in a mysterious way His wonders to perform. One evening, while the meetings were going on, I attended the whist club. One of the fellows, a bit tipsy I fear, pushed back his chair after several hands had been played and said, This is dull, my hearties. Let's go out and find some fun. Another spoke up. There's some sort of commotion going on at the tabernacle with all the preaching. Let's go over and break the thing up for a lark. We went, but it broke us up instead. The minister preaching was a young man, the Reverend Daniel Baker, a Presbyterian. There was none of the ranting in his speech of matter which we had expected. He spoke quietly but with deep conviction. As I listened... A sense of the rightness of what he was telling me gave me a sense of excitement. It came to me as a joyous revelation that salvation through Jesus Christ was meant for me. He spoke of the forgiveness of sin, of reconciliation with God, and of putting oneself wholly in God's hands so he could mold and guide and use each of us. I took the humble confession and experienced the joy of cleansing and acceptance into his love by my Lord and my God. William Boone, who would go on to be the first Anglican bishop of China. That day there were many observers who beat on their breast when they saw this sight. We all beat upon our breast, but for what reason do you beat upon it for? You are not a mere observer, but Jesus is thinking of you. You are a central player. And certainly in this motley company of all who went home beating on their breasts, let us hope that there were some who said, certainly this was the Son of God. And mourn to think that He should have suffered for our transgressions and been put to grief for our iniquities. Those who came to that point were saved. Blessed were the eyes that looked upon the slaughtered lamb in such a way as that, 
and happy were the hearts that there and then were broken because he was bruised and put to grief for their sakes. My friends, aspire to this. May God's grace bring you to see in Jesus Christ no other than God made flesh, hanging upon the cross in agony to die, the just for the unjust, that we may be saved. Come and place your trust in Him, and then beat upon your breasts at the thought that such a victim should be necessary for our redemption. Then may we cease to beat our breasts and begin to clap our hands for joy. For we who in this way bewail a Savior may rejoice in Him, for He is theirs and they are His. Amen.